As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Man, what are we, a team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday morning, uh, the morning before Game of Thrones premieres, the weekend that Captain America the Winter Soldier comes out. Uh, I don't think it's any stretch to say this is a huge week, especially considering the Raid 2 has also come out, but nobody's talking about that, as amazing as it is, because of just the sheer magnitude of everything else that's going on this weekend. Uh, so we're going to try and find a way, somehow, to fit all this stuff in today. Um, Captain America 2... The Winter Soldier is just, by all measures, just one of the most amazing Marvel movies, comic book movies to ever come out. So we'll, we'll be spending quite a bit of time on that, I'm guessing. Um, and then the, the other thing that's kind of distracting me even from, uh, from Captain America is Game of Thrones Season 4 premieres tonight. Everybody knows how fanatic we are about that show. Um, to top that off, HBO has been running on a continuous loop on one of their channels every single day, uh, the old episodes. Right now in the background, I have uh, Valor Mogalis, the uh, Season 2 finale. I think it's Valor Mogalis. I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm actually going to turn this off. Valor Doharis is actually what it is. Uh, I'm actually going to turn this off now so I'm not distracted and I can give you guys 100% of my attention. We should have the full crew in here today. I know Travis has got some other stuff going on, so he'll only be here for a couple minutes. But everybody should be here. Um, Julian, uh, who by the last check has not seen The Winter Soldier yet, uh, we should have some fun conversations about that. We all know his uh, his feelings towards uh, comic book movies as of late. I think he's sworn them off completely since Man of Steel. Um, and then uh, we'll get some word on Raid 2. We'll get to, we'll, I'm sure Rocky and I, at least, if not everybody, will be gushing about Game of Thrones Season 4. Uh, so we'll get all, into all of that uh, as soon as everybody jumps on the line here. Uh, and I'm not padding for time anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I guess I'll just start out by saying, um, you know, the Winter Soldier, Cap has always been one of my favorite or my favorite hero, and this movie just – Game Changer is getting thrown around so goddamn much, but uh, there's no really better way to describe it. Uh, May, is that you? Yes. Hey, John. Hey. Uh, I, I'm finally remembering numbers, so I can put it to my – the names I put these numbers <laughs> don't ever say, but um, – so I was just talking about the, the, the broad scope of amazing things going on this weekend that, that we are going to have to find a way to fit into 90 minutes. Uh <laughs> 
Captain America, which is right now, uh, I'm not sure what the box office predictions are. I think they said around 150 million, but it made 37 million on Friday. Um, so that's it's going to be a big weekend for that. Um, it, it's higher than Thor two, not as high as Iron Man three. I think, I mean, it's it's pretty standard to say that Iron Man has always been the biggest box office draw, other than the Avengers, obviously. Uh, so it's not too surprising, but I, I think word of mouth on this one is going to keep it running all the way through. Uh, and Rocky, I was just mentioning that uh, I had to turn off the TV because uh, as excited as I am about Cap, uh, HBO has been consistently running Game of Thrones old episodes yep. on, a, on a loop yep. for the last three days. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my TV has not... Even when I, I turned off HBO, it was just to turn on my Xbox and go to HBO Go and just run the episodes from there. Um, <laughs> this guy, it's, it's, ridic- it's really ridiculous how, how uh, ingrained this household is in it right now. It's, it's just... I can't think of another weekend that's had so much stuff going on um, than this weekend. I, I opened the show by saying, uh, so to show how crowded this weekend is with stuff to watch, the Raid 2's come out and nobody's really talking about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Because, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but when you have something like Captain America and, and the implications that movie has, and we're going to be having spoilers in here, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, what are you doing with your life, number what one? What are you doing? Yeah. What, yeah. what could you possibly have better to do? Like, were you shame. doing your, were you you doing your taxes? Because that can wait until next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, after you see Captain America, you might not want to pay those taxes. You might want to start a revolution. Yeah, also true. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so we're going to go through a lot of spoilers. So you might want to podcast this for after you've seen the movie. Uh, but the indications that that movie has, not just on the Marvel Universe, but even the, the lower Marvel Universe, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, mm-hmm. which I'm not really sure how that... They're, they're actually changing the name to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uprising, so obviously they're going to make some major changes there, but... As Wait, we talk are about they later, actually doing that? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like... Oh. Um, I don't know if it's just for that one episode, like the Captain America episode and, uh, airs this week, so I guess they're going to obviously <clears throat> cover all that stuff, but it's called Agents huh. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uprising now. Now, obviously, um, you know, here's where the spoilers start, people. Uh the end of Captain America has S.H.I.E.L.D. no more. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has right. been effectively taken right. down. But, uh, I mean, the real, the realistic aspect of it is that S.H.I.E.L.D. might be gone in that incarnation to wipe out all the bad, but the country needs some kind of thing like S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, so there's right. going to be, whether it's rebuilt with new people or what, it's going to be there. So I'm sure they'll find a way to round that. But. Right. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, that was one of the things that I was wondering. Like, I was wondering two things as I was watching Captain America. And I always kind of wonder these during the, like, different phase movies. But, like, what else is going on at this point? Like, is this... Like, I don't remember if Iron Man 3 was one year or two years after the Avengers. Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking to myself, like, I know that, like, they couldn't have Hawkeye because they had Falcon. So it wouldn't really make sense necessarily to have Hawkeye in there when they were adding Falcon as a character. But always with these movies, I kind of wish that there's a greater acknowledgement of what everyone else is doing. But I guess yeah. the end of this just blows everything up. So I guess it, it wouldn't necessarily make sense to refer to what everyone else is doing if the end of the movie just kind of, like, makes all of that irrelevant, I guess. Yeah, you know, so that, I don't know. That's- if I had to find a complaint about Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and I, this, one of them is just a silly complaint, and and one of them is is just a complete stretch. But after the Avengers, can you make solo movies and have them make sense? I mean, obviously the world is in just as much danger uh, from the enemies in Captain America as it was right. in the Chitari in the Avengers. So, like, why is nobody calling up Tony Stark and and uh, Thor and, and uh, you know everybody yeah. else? Like, why is Captain America going it alone? Yeah, um, they're all that's, busy. That's, 
dealing with their own crap. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, but I guess I I don't know. I no, I mean that's definitely true. And as I was thinking that, I realized like how nitpicky that was. But at the same yeah, time, no. I wish there was there was at least like an acknowledgement. I guess I don't know. Like I felt like there were the moments where they're like, hey, like get Iron Man to like stop by my kid's birthday party. But if this happened, Iron Man three, that after Iron Man three, of course your kid isn't going to get Iron Man in his party because Iron Man like hates his life and is still considering suicide as a viable option. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean Overall, that's, that's a good though, point. I mean, like I just kind of assumed the timeline was the same as what it was released. Like. Uh, yeah. You know, but it would be interesting to see because that's never really acknowledged. But I'd like to see what the timeline is when this stuff is going on. You know, uh, we definitely we definitely need like a Fast and the Furious style timeline because like all all we talk about when the Fast and the Furious movies come out is I remember like all of us have had like in depth discussions of like okay so like where's Fast and Furious five like in the timeline like what's gonna like how are we gonna get back to Tokyo Drift. So, Wait, yeah, Tokyo Drift clearly, is in the future? This is crazy. Yeah, like, what? What's happening? Yeah, so clearly clearly that's what we need. Right. And my only other, <laughs> but, uh, my only other thing was, I, you know, I actually mentioned this um, in an interview I did with the Russo brothers, is that they, they did an amazing job with the technology. As, as out there as it seems, all of the technology you see in Captain America is either already in the field or five to ten years away from being in the field. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything. The most unbelievable part of any of the technology in all of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is that Cap's shield comes back to him when he throws it. Yeah. That's that's like the – that's like – and that's kind of like a, a crazy. And also, I kind of wonder why Cap Shield doesn't cut people in half. But I guess that wouldn't really be a PG thirteen movie. Um, no, so, that yeah. would kind that's... of be a little <laughs> problematic. But do we want to do we want to go like wider and just kind of like discuss the plot and all that stuff? Because right now we're getting into like our weird what we do where we jump into like the nitty gritty details. Do we want to take it like wide, wide oh, angle you, look? You want to be like a, a, a structured show that makes sense. I kind of want yeah, that's, that's weird, right? I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, also, so is Travis Cap- here? I feel like I heard Travis scoffing in the background, but I wasn't sure. I think that was Julian. Oh. Julian is oh, okay. here. That wasn't coughing, but... Uh, no, no, no. I said, no, no, no. I didn't say cough. I said scoff, so it makes oh, yeah. more sense that it was you. No, I wasn't scoffing. It was, it was funny to hear you guys, like, worry about Marvel time, like, with with actual with actual logic. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, you're it all, right. it all It all makes sense. It all makes no, you're sense. right. So what well, are you trying I mean, to tell me? Hold on, is Julian trying to say that in Marvel time is a flat circle? Oh no, it's not a flat circle. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of join the world. I just wanted because to join know, the worlds of your interests. That's all I wanted. I know that we'll get into this conversation at some point. I mean, I think that's that's the kind of trouble that that Marvel Cinematic Universe has against the comic <clears> universe. The comic universe can just do whatever the hell they want, not worry about timelines or logic, and then they can just have like a major storyline connecting everybody to get rid of all the extra storylines. Uh, but the cinematic universe has to make a little bit more sense in that because, I mean, these, these are guys, I think I read something the other day, that they've got their basic roadmap planned out till 2028, and that sounds yeah. successful. But for what they're doing, you know, to have everything make sense and so you don't just pop somebody up later that was, a, you know, could have been useful before, so it doesn't make sense. It's kind of necessary. But um, so who no, wants wait, to run down But does it make sense? Okay. I'll, I'll listen to the plot. Okay. What's someone that? do the plot. May? Let's do May. May? Go on. Oh, goodness. Okay. I don't even know where to start. Okay. So after the events of the Avengers, Captain America is still kind of hating his life or adjusting his <laughs> life would be the better word for it. 
Captain America is facing a very like, existential you just, crisis. I, you just kind of feel really bad for his character because he's just adjusting to the 21st century, and he's kind of imbalanced, I should say, you know? He doesn't mm-hmm. trust Nick Fury. He doesn't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. He kind of gets thrown into all these things without kind of knowing why he's getting thrown into all of these things. And see, should I take, say this plot with, like, all the spoilers about, like, Nick Fury and stuff? Yes, Is whatever. How we're going? We're, doing, okay. we're doing spoilers. Just do it. Oh, we have do disclaimer. So, okay, disclaimer. So basically... um. Alexander Pierce is in this movie, and he is... What is he the head of? I can't remember. Okay, so after so after the Avengers, the world was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, so they, much. like, forced a committee that, like, is overseeing S.H.I.E.L.D. The World so, Security Council, right? Right, the World Security Council, right. So, so Alexander Pierce is, like, the secretary or, like, head of this council. So he, in some ways, is Nick Fury's boss, but, like, Nick Fury is still, as I understood it to be, in charge of, like, the technical, like, execution of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, he's basically the one who put Nick Fury in his position. I don't know. I didn't feel like he put Nick Fury in his position. I felt like Nick Fury was in his position anyway, but then the world was, like, after what happened with the Avengers, we need someone to, like, look over what you do. And so then Alexander Pierce, like, got put into that role. I didn't feel yeah, like what, Pierce, like, hired Fury. I felt like Pierce got placed. What, not hired him, but I think he said they promoted him or something. Yeah, like yeah. Um, and they said after the events in, uh, which is kind of like the crux of the whole story, is, is Pierce was a uh, a diplomat in, I think, like, Brazil or somewhere like that, somewhere in South America. And there was, like, a... Um, a, a guerrilla raid on his uh, place and his daughter was captured uh, and they tried to he, Fury wanted to go in there guns blazing and Pierce wanted to um, you know be democratic negotiate about it and yeah. negotiate and uh, they found out too late that the hostage takers didn't negotiate and when they went in to kill all the hostages they found that they'd already been rescued Fury went in over his uh, you know past his orders and rescued him anyway because he knew what was going to happen and that kind of gave right. Pierce the Fury idea was that, like Fury was like, LOL, I do what I want, and I saved the <laughs> yeah. people that would have died. So, that, so, yeah. Yeah, Pierce so like then the basically oversight. they tried to get... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Pierce is like the oversight to Nick Fury's shield. He runs shield, but he still has to answer to somebody, as all government people do. Uh, and that kind of gave Pierce the idea that uh, it's better to stop problems before they happen than wait for them to happen and... Right. You know, deal with it then, which is really the, the heart of everything that's going wrong in here. You have Steve Rogers, who... Uh, you know, he, he has such a unique perspective on, on the whole – the movie is all about trading freedom for security uh, and, and when the government oversteps its bounds to, quote-unquote, protect its people and who they think is a danger. Uh, and Steve Rogers gives a unique perspective because he was frozen in 1945 and awakened now, and he sees – the, uh, the the loss of our freedoms clearer than the, right. any of he, us. Right, like, he literally, literally lived through the last time when that was like a serious question. So right. he has like firsthand experience of what could go wrong. And it's a big right. question of like between fear and the security of you know the world and the nation and whatnot. So that's, yeah. those are two big things that are playing in the movie. Right. Yeah, so, then I, the nuts, I mean, so then the nuts and bolts of that is that Shield has this plan called Project Insight, in which they will like use various algorithms to like scan 
all information about everybody which exists because of the internet. So they'll scan your medical records, they'll scan your emails, they'll scan like everything you've ever produced to identify whether you would potentially be a threat to world peace. And if so, then these helicarriers packed with like new age guns will just like murder you. So theoretically you could kill up to I think the I think the Millions suggestion is a thousand hostiles a minute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this is so this is the plan and Cap's like, I don't know if I'm down with this and Nick Fury's like, You have to be down with this if you're part of Shield and Cap's like, Fuck this, maybe I don't want to be part of Shield anymore. Um so then that's when, because we're just going like all out, spoiler alert, that's when you get like the first car chase scene where Nick Fury is just attacked by cops and SWAT members. And that, I felt like that was actually like really well done. What did everybody else think about that? Oh, yeah, I thought I that was that. really well done. Yeah, I thought that's the, part the of detail it. that they took to, you know, making DC DC was really well, because we all live in the area. So, yeah. you know, their detail to even the cop cars is pretty, <coughs> pretty well done. Yeah, yeah, traffic patterns even. But, I mean, that just seeing... Well, like, no, a, traffic a totally... patterns, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> there was, like, no well, one on the road half the time, <laughs> which we all know true. to be not true. <laughs> but, um, like, I mean, even the tech that's involved, I mean, because in D.C., uh, if you live here, you see a lot of these totally innocuous-looking, all-black Chevy Tahoes with government plates on them. And you see yeah. that Nick Fury's driving around in his, it looks like it could be his or it could be a soccer mom's. And then right. he has, like, such ridiculous amounts of defensive weaponry and, and and things that he can protect himself with where he takes, like, a 10-minute assault on his car by, like, 12 armed guys and, and gets away. And not until the Winter Soldier shows up does he – and that's the scene everybody's seen in the trailer where his car gets flipped over upside down. Um, the Winter Soldier, right. Soldier shows up and, and takes him out, or so we think. Right. So, um, so yeah. So then, theoretically, with Nick Fury gone, killed by the Winter Soldier, um, Shield goes into like lockdown with Pierce as the head. Um, but like before Nick Fury died, he gave Cap like a like a flash drive with like all the information about Project Insight, and so it becomes like Cap and Black Widow trying to, like, evade capture and understand, like, what the problem is with Project Insight that right. they're, like, trying to deal with. So it becomes, like, Robert Redford, um, like, versus ScarJo and versus Chris Evans. And then we, like, go into, like, serious, like, background because we once again encounter Hydra. So. Yeah, it sounds like you know, the, thing, it, the movie sounds like there's too much going on. I mean, because even all this, we barely even mentioned the Winter Soldier, who is the title character, pretty much. Um, yeah. But it really it handles all the storylines so well. Well, well um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, Travis, what did you even say? I, I, and it, I, that was one of my only gripes with the movie. Honestly, uh, I, I missed the vast majority of your conversation, guys. Sorry. Um, Way to so sound like you right. care. Go on. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? I was late. Um, but you know, um, I, I, my, one of my only gripes was that I felt like for a movie called The Winter Soldier, he was sort of, you know, underused. And, and, and it's not that he was bad when he was on screen. He's extremely cool looking, mm-hmm. but that's really about yeah, it. Yeah, weirdly, really I'm like, cool I'm like weirdly into it. Like Sebastian mm-hmm. Stan in general is like very boring, but I'm like, oh, you have like a weird bionic arm and like half your face is covered with like a creepy Casey Jones mask. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I just wanted to see more of, not so much of him, but more of Cap, of Cap's, you know, kind of reaction to it, I guess. You know, I yeah. wanted to see more of that. 
So did you not yeah, think I, that? Did you not think mm-hmm. that his like shocked face a couple few times was enough? Like, what would have do you think no. pushed it over? I don't know. Is there like I, comic book stuff that could have like been brought in that would have been relevant? Like, does he have like an existential identity crisis or like what could work? I mean, I, well, I mean, I understand the comics have more room to flesh this sort of thing out, and they do, but. But uh, I, I guess I just wanted to see more. I, I, I think I just expect that we're going to get more of that in the next film. I think we'll see the vast majority of him in the next movie, just like we'll see more of Agent 13 in the next movie. All these characters that are sort of set up in this one. Uh, Maybe we'll the next, in the next movie should have been called The Winter Soldier. <laughs> right. I guess that's probably what I'm getting at. They probably should have called The Next <laughs> Winter Soldier. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I guess that's where I'm coming from. But yeah, this I mean, is a minor. This is really a minor complaint for me because I really don't have too many things to to quibble with about it. I, think I guess uh, my only, I guess my only thing to like piggyback off of that is that like I found it kind of interesting in hindsight that it seems like Cap and Black Widow spend more time like dealing with other aspects of Hydra than they actually do with dealing with him because like the right. scene, um, like with the like transcendence like. Um, like computer bad guy whose name I don't remember, Hold but it's Toby Zola. Jones. Armin Zola. Yeah, thank oh, you. Excuse me, Arnim Zola. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Julian. I said Moldock by accent. You're right. Armin yes. Zola. Who I think will be end up being the clairvoyant, by the way. If you're watching. Oh uh, yeah, me too. Uh, Angela called that Probably. when we were watching the uh, last episode. Yeah, I think you'll end up being. But yeah, so so I feel like it's interesting that that was what like a ten fifteen minute sequence, and it's mm-hmm. definitely longer than the one scene you get with like the Winter Soldier getting his, like, memory wiped again or whatever. I mean, that was only like, mm-hmm. three or four minutes. So it's interesting to me. I agree with you that it feels very disjointed in the sense of, like, I don't want to say, like, getting to know the Winter Soldier, but, like... There's, <laughs> yeah, so, much, like, there's so much other stuff going on that he just yeah. can't... He doesn't get the time that he probably deserves for a movie that bears his name. But there's, I mean, the, it, the, the whole thing with S.H.I.E.L.D., is so big in and of itself. I mean, it, it encompasses the entire movie. It engulfs the yeah. entire movie. And I think with uh, Hydra. So. Additional you know, it, follow-up. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say my additional follow-up question would be like, also like, because I haven't read all the comics, so like I need context clearly, but like, so he, aren't he and Black Widow a thing? Or is that not like necessarily? They were in the you comics. You found that out, out way later. You found that out way okay. later. You don't find that out in the first 12 issues, which is called The Winter Soldier. So okay. you don't even get that that knowledge and reconciliation until like like six or seven issues later around the time Cap gets shot. But so like he is capable of human feeling and emotion because that was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because I mean, that he, because that felt very disjointed to me. Is that well, like in the field like when he's like shooting people he seems very almost robotic and so I wasn't yeah, clear if he was like a human. Right, Julian. He kind of has to. I mean, he has to break free of that. Yeah, I mean, it takes so it takes so long. He's yeah, basically he a clean every, every time he goes he under, he, they, he comes out a clean slate. They basically wipe him, and he's just a, a tool. But eventually, his his conscience or or his who he is starts breaking through the veil, and that's when the right. Russians and the comic books have to put him back under. But you know, the thing is, uh, you know, 
it's interesting to hear from somebody that hasn't read the comics because I, I have wondered sometimes, having read the comic storyline three or four times, if I'm not noticing a lack of detail in them because like I already know the stuff, so I'm putting it in there myself. But I kind of thought that uh, keeping the Winter Soldier kind of mysterious and, and having him not have a lot of personal moments other than that great scene uh, by Sebastian, <clears throat> Sebastian Stan where he's about to get his mind wiped again and he's, he's remembering who Steve is. I, I think that yeah. really showed that he was only a tool. Like, he, he wasn't a character as much as he was just a tool. Yeah, mm. it was just hard for me because I, I, like, I assumed him to just be, like, a robot. And so then when he was, like, in that scene with Redford and he's, like, asking questions, I was like, oh, you're just, like, a regular dude. Like, I didn't – like, it didn't make sense right. to me that he would be, like, a regular person who could, like, hold a conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, I felt yeah. like in the first few scenes, they'd built up this, like, image of him so much and, like, Black Widow calling him a ghost story. Like, so to me, I didn't expect him to, like, be a, a like, fully fleshed character. So so after having seen that scene, I wish there had been more. Yeah. And and so, yeah, so I don't, I don't, That's a little bit you know. too early. It sounds like if they do that. I guess I mean, that's true. In the time they had... These are I, things I thought, that you'll see later on. Because, look, yeah. Yeah, Sebastian Stan has... Uh, a nine-movie nine deal movies? with Marvel. He's yeah. going to be around for a long time. Uh, and obviously the next movie will deal with him more. So there's plenty of time for all that stuff that we're that we're wanting to see now. There's plenty mm-hmm. of time for all that stuff to happen. So and definitely a leg up from Gossip Girl is what you're telling me? He's like, step <laughs> <from> the world? <laughs> I, didn't yeah. remember, I didn't even remember that he was in Gossip Girl. So yeah, so I think he like, has the an look, affair with Blake Lively's character. The yeah. little uh, bit of time that they were able to give to... To Bucky's backstory, I thought they did it in a, in a great way, though. Like, you know, you, you saw in the first Avenger that they were best friends, but it really seemed like uh, Bucky just like kind of stopped Steve from getting beat up, and that's why they were best friends. Yeah. But you have a great little flashback scene of, uh, of, of Steve Rogers after right after his those, mom died. Those awkward uh, scenes with Chris Evans as the skinny version, which yeah, never yeah. looked so quite weird right to me. Look those, those look, they look gross. <laughs> I don't like it. Every time they do right, it. but I mean, it, it was it was a great little quick insight into how close these two actually were. That they were like family. Uh, you know, after Steve's mom died, you know, Bucky basically says, well, "Why don't you just stay with us? You know, sleep on the floor or whatever." You know, it basically you can yeah. tell their family from that one little scene. Uh, and I thought some of the, those were some of the best scenes in the movies, where you can obviously you can you can put Steve Rogers as the man out of time by saying, "Oh, I don't know what the internet and is and and what's a how I met your I mother." Should- I should try Thai food, yeah. Right, I like that. I, I like the fact that they changed that list depending on the country that the movie's playing in. That is, that yeah. is pretty awesome, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the most powerful <laughs> scene of the movie, I thought, was the one where Steve's in the Smithsonian looking at his own exhibit, kind of like reacclimating himself to all the stuff he missed and what happened to his team and, and finally yeah. getting a chance to I, I not mean, only reconnect but appreciate what happened. I, I have a question. Hey. Did, they, did they show yeah. anything of 50s cap? No. No. Oh, you mean? Okay. You mean? Did they go? You mean? Did they go? Like back in the exhibit? Did they show like, oh, fifties Captain America? Because that's. No, they didn't no. really acknowledge. I don't know. The, they uh, have a lot of. You know, no. They you know, they say they put a lot of. You know, people talk about they put so many Easter eggs in. I was like, what about my man fifties Cap, Mister Crazy? You man? mean? You mean the crazy? 50s yes. Cap? 50s no. Well, cap. The, the, the rumor is that 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 Cap is going to be in the third film. I don't know if you yeah, saw me post that. Yeah, but no, they didn't. They didn't mention that. They they didn't mention that. He's crazy. But uh, yeah, I tried to get the directors to to talk about that, but they wouldn't. Are they directing the next one? 
Probably because yeah. they're under, they're probably yeah. under like Beyonce levels of like non-disclosure agreements. Like, you know, yeah, the, best, like, the best I got, the best I got on what it was when I asked about the uh, Stephen Strange name drop, and I, I got a very non-committal, non-official. Yeah, he's in the universe. <laughs> That's Kevin, all I. Get. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Feige said the same thing. Basically, he didn't want to. He just, he didn't he didn't make it like that was it's just because his name was mentioned that it was guaranteed he was getting a movie next. But we yeah. pretty much know he's getting a movie next, so I mean it's whatever. But um, but yeah, but is, is anybody else? Uh, well, Julian, you you watch Ages of Shield, but you haven't seen the movie, which which kind of sucks. Which we're gonna keep bugging you until you do. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, honestly, Julian, like I, I don't I don't care that you don't want to go. And, and Winter Soldier, it sounds like you know I get it. The you world sucks. They have to stop it. Just because Hydra. you've heard us talk about it doesn't mean you get everything about it. You should, you should probably go check it. I don't see why you wouldn't, honestly. It's not like it gets Man of Steel and you hate what they've done to Superman. I, Even though I disagree with you, I understand why you wouldn't want to go see a sequel to that. But what's your hate for the Marvel movies and Captain no, America I, that you would go see this one? I didn't say I had hate. I've been saying all the time, I don't hate Captain America. It looks like a fine piece of work. Everybody's so happy. I'm just, I, don't, I, I just don't really want to see any superhero movie right now. It's kind of you're just bored. burnt out, right? It's not necessarily like, that you're, like, it's not necessarily like, that you're anti them. You're just like burnt out. You don't necessarily want to watch any for a while, right? I can, I can use the two hours, man. Like, yeah. I got yeah. stuff done. Like, yeah, I went to a party. You're watching Ooh, Agents I had a good time. <laughs> oh God, you, I have two more weeks though. I have two more weeks. I'll <laughs> knock it out. I got two more weeks. And then, yeah, I don't. It will be interesting to see what happens with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, obviously there's going to be a void left by the, uh, the destruction of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of Winter Soldier, uh, but the country is not going to be without some kind of top-level intelligence agency. Uh, so obviously that's where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to go. They can't really operate, more, more or less fly the bus for one episode and pay for it uh, without a, some kind of large blacklist uh, budget, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they come across this on, on uh, Agent yeah. Shield. And, and, but I, I also do think that that uh, the Winter Soldier sets up something uh, that we might see reflected in the show. Uh, besides just the, the the Hydra element, but and we already disclosed that there are spoilers in this, right? Like, so it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, numerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because because what the movie sets up is is basically, in my opinion, is is Nick Fury establishing the Secret Avengers or something along those lines. Oh, the Secret Warriors. Um, That's what, it sounds like he's doing the Secret. It sounds like the Secret Warriors. It sounds like he's doing death. something like that because he's you yeah. know, he's not dead. He's he's off the grid basically, which is what he wants to be. And you know, and if if Shield has been totally compromised, doing things even further underground than he was before. And that's what it seems like. I, I see that as the direction Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will eventually go into, possibly into next season, if there's not going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. proper around them to use. Uh, then that may be where they end up going. So I, I see all this stuff converging. So and is it basically just like what happened with like Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? Like is it basically mm-hmm. just that? Okay. Yeah. No, no, I would say it's a little bit, it's a little bit more, a little bit bigger in thought and... If they, if since they seem like they're taking so much from the last ten years, like Secret Wars is crazy dope. Like this is, it could be, it could be pretty interesting how they go with it with 
Nick Fury Underground is way more awesome than Nick Fury yelling at people mm-hmm. and dealing yeah. with pencil pushers. Like, Nick Fury mm-hmm. Underground leads to a whole bunch of really dope stories we could actually okay. work around well, to the whole them using Thanos in, like, the third Avengers movie. And okay. also to answer your question earlier, Rocky, about, like, where does this whole thing fit in? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. literally tells you exactly where this movie fits in in relation mm-hmm. to Iron Man 3 and mm-hmm. Thor okay. Dark World. Like, because they had episodes, okay. this key episodes to let you know the time frame. This last right. week happening this, at the same exact moment as, like, maybe what the, whatever the car right. chase with the, 3 happens in the movie. The most, yeah, the most recent episode. Moment. Most recent episode basically occurs a little bit before and during the Winter Soldier, and I think that okay. the next episode will probably take place also during the same time frame as the Winter okay. Soldier. So also they're like basically question. merging. Who's watching Shield right now? Like I, Me. I thought that it had like basically Me. like plateaued, but in Me, general, it's, like it's, is it doing it's been, well? It's come back. It's come back. It's been quite a really bit. good since they came back. Since they took no. that hiatus and they came back. Okay, it's but been you're talking really about qual- you're talking about quality of the show. I'm you're talking, talking about, about I'm talking about rating. I think ratings have stayed pretty much the same over the last few weeks. I think they went up a little bit, and then they've sort of, like, stayed the same for a while. Mm-hmm. So, but it's... It's, 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 been been it's, it's, it's already got back. a renewal for next season, so it must yeah. be doing all right still. Well, I think yeah, it's, it's probably it's going more that back. everything else ABC does sucks. <laughs> no? Is that not also part Could of be. it? I don't, I don't hardly watch much network TV, so I don't really know how much there are the shows. Oh, sure you don't do. watch a lot of network TV? Is that because you're transitioned watching Game of Thrones? Or is it because you're, <laughs> you're watching so The Raid 2? Let's talk about The Raid 2. Yeah, it Tomorrow's, is. What's The Raid talk about? I have WrestleMania tonight and Game of Thrones. Okay, so I don't I care am, at all about that. I have The Lady Terps in the final four and Game of Thrones. That's my... That's my Sunday night. I hate to break out just as you guys are about to talk about the raid too, but uh, I got to split. So uh, uncool, bro. I can talk, talk about heaven. I can talk about heaven perfectly fine. Julian, <laughs> tell us all about the raid too. <laughs> you guys have fun. I'll talk to you guys later on. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, Julian. Julian. What do you talk about raid two? Which the I have raid not two. Seen, so I can contribute. Doll yeah. Is the continuing story of Rama, the cop who survived the insane power in the raid. And as um, as he gets pushed into a deep undercover mission to help clean out all of the um, crime syndicates that run the city and the dirty cops that work for them. Mm-hmm. And then there's lots of fisticuffs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Lots to make sh- and lots and lots and lots of fisticuffs. Yeah. All right. So where, where does it? We, I, I, everybody that's a fan of action, I think, has seen the raid by this point. Um, and just just the amazing upping of the adrenaline from the standard bad guys at the top level, Nintendo's kung fu, game of death, uh, Bruce Lee type situation where a guy has to fight his way from the bottom to the top, brought some of the most brutal action that I think people have ever seen. Some of the most brilliantly choreographed, wonderfully shot action, martial arts action in the last 20 years even. Uh, so where do you think the Raid 2 stacks up against the Raid 1? Is, is it is it more of the same, or is it taken to a whole other level? Now, for me, the Raid was a very, very good movie. It made my top 10 of the last 10 years. 
It's probably like in my top 25 of the last 25. Right. My original top of the last 25 years, Umbach 2, is now the number two because the Ray 2 is the best martial arts film of the last 25 years. No one's seen this. The level of action and choreography, it's like freaking if you take all the best martial arts films and put it together and then, like, mix it into a story that's, like, part Tony Brasco and, like, Goodfellas with punches to the face in it. There's so many beautiful punches to the face, John. <laughs> so many beautiful punches to the face. <laughs> I love the transition. It's, it's like Donnie Brasco and Goodfellas, and they punch people in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I am very sad to say that I have not gotten to see you to Ray 2 yet. I can't believe I, I am actually admitting that out loud. It's um, okay, man. It's, all it's right. okay. You'll I think Rocky and I are the only ones who haven't seen the first one. I, oh, also, wow. have seen, I also have not seen the second one. Yes. So I'm completely <laughs> virginal to the Ray. Eventually, yeah. everyone makes their way to heaven. Everyone makes their way to heaven. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Thank you. That's well, really so, a vote of confidence. Thank you, Julian. <laughs> let's, let's look at the uh, at the first raid. I, the, the one scene that always sticks out in my head is, is just the, the way Gareth Evans knows how to shoot um, action uh, and, and especially shoot things that really make you feel what's going on. If you think about like him kneeing the guy through the wall, and the the one mm. scene that always sticks out in my head is when Rama is hiding inside the wall, and the guy sticks a knife in there, and it goes through his cheek, and you just have to sit there. And he has to sit there making no noise and wipe the blood off. It's just, you can feel it when he shoots it. Is the Ray 2 continue that? Oh, yeah. Because first of all, he still has a scar from me cutting the cheek. Um, but, yeah, it takes us to a whole nother. It actually, it, it ramps everything up to a whole nother level. Like, it starts directly after the end of the movie. Like, uh-huh. if you just sit down and... and like, you I'm put them about, together, you could just, it would be seamless for like four hours yeah, or whatever? Even, yeah, even better than, let's say, Lord of the Rings and, and, and Two Towers. Like, there's like, a, you know, there's like a little bit of break of time where they did some more walking. This yeah. is just like, end scene, begin next scene. Like, oh, snap. Like, I had it for a second. Like, oh, I didn't remember what happened a little bit. I'm a little bit confused. Like, it's like if you took pause, but you paused it for a year and then tried to put play, like, damn, okay, <clears> let me, I'm, I'm back in this world. <laughs> All right, I, I, I kind of—it's coming back to me. Oh, oh, that guy. Oh man, that sucks. Oh, and then it's just, oh, there's a scene in the bathroom. Oh, and this door that he just get hyped, and he just like he getting—he's stealing himself. The good thing about the the Rama character is that he—he's—he's he's like completely the underdog, but you know that he's badass. He can get through it, but it's just right. like it's almost like a Charlie Brown level of just like, ugh. Like, I have to go through this again. But he just he makes his way through it, just like, oh, he's so scrappy. It's the feeling you're supposed to get when you see Spider-Man, you know? Like, I don't know right. if he's going to make it, but he's still he's still the baddest around. Yeah, like, so, you know, yeah, he's, he's capable, but he might be outnumbered. Yeah, and this one has way more of an actual plot in the story. So for people who might not get the, like, the first one was kind of like, oh, man, Rama has to survive and get to the top. Like basically, like yeah, like 1987 video game logic. This one actually has right. like he's undercover, can break his cover. He's in too deep. Oh, so you were <laughs> like, you were serious know, when you said Donnie Brasco, Goodfellas level. Donnie Brasco, Infernal Affairs, <laughs> but like with actual punching because Infernal Affairs they have no actual like violence really, not like right art, action movie violence. Kind of yeah. like kind of like Tony Young's character, but he's like oh, but now I have to like. 
mess up a whole gang of people too. Like, ugh, punch, 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 kick that guy through a window, punch, punch, punch. Ah. Nice. Okay, so when are they going to contact Julian to do the narration? Is it going to be like today? Are we going to try to like put these on uh, the internet? I think we should push that out immediately. I, I will give Gareth Evans a call and tell him that his English dub uh, actor is here. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will dub over. We won't just say punch, punch. Julian, will, every time there's a punch, 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 punch. Right, right. No, no, no. Like there will be, there will be no, no second of this movie that is not Right. <laughs> he's awesome. also gonna do. He's also gonna do like the audio book version of the movie. Like, nice. it'll be great. It'll be great. So yeah. it sounds like it sounds like you've got no shortage of great movies coming out this weekend. Uh, Under the Skin, starring starring Scarlett Johansson, came out as well. Uh, a movie that's deemed loud as very very well. But yeah, yeah. But this is the one that's you know it's, it's, it always. It's kind of sad when a movie's famous for this. Is she does a, a nude scene in this movie, and and that's what everybody's Ooh. talking about it for. It's Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Oh, I don't well. Okay. It's got to be weird. It's funny for because I think she was you interviewed know, and she was you know like, really "Oh, I know everyone's going to screenshot." Sorry. Yeah, oh yeah. no, no, no. we're talking over each other. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just going to say that it's funny because I didn't. I've read like everything about this movie and did not know that she had a nude scene. I oh, have yeah, no idea. Like Maybe I knew that wrong she, side, but that's. I mean, I knew that she like is. She plays like a alien, like sex seductress person because they like, like species, but uh, more high high level. <laughs> yeah, she was saying that the thing she's gonna, she knows that everyone's gonna screenshot her nude scene online. Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. Like, look at yeah. three baby Scar Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. You don't think she's you Jane Silent people. Bobbit. You don't think she's gonna look amazing after the baby? She's rich. I think She'll she's gonna look better. She'll have that body training. back. She'll yeah. have that body. Like, this is girl body. Man, she's yeah. gonna have a baby. Like this is woman body. Boom! Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, okay, take it. Okay, all right. So, thank you. That's, that's under the skin. Uh, what thank else? Thank you, Jason. My God. I think draft day. I'm not sure what else. Right? Draft. No, no draft, draft is next week. Oh, okay. That's right. Uh, I saw. I saw well, no, I saw Island of Lemurs, Madagascar. Oh, right. Oh, I know you've been yeah. dying to talk about that, Ron. Why don't you tell me uh, Island uh, of Lemurs, yeah. Madagascar? Am I, am I dying to talk about you, it? You, are, you, you emailed me before the show and said, please, John, please make sure there's time for me to talk about Islands of Lemurs. Uh, oh, okay, my bad. Um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, actually, no, it's not fine. It's actually fairly disappointing. It's like a it's a nature movie from IMAX, narrated by not Morgan Freeman. Not even with Freeman. Morgan Freeman's angelic voice. No, well, first of all, it's only forty minutes, but really, it should be like ten, because like <laughs> it's, it's like it's just not okay. So basically, the gist is this, and I didn't know this actually, that Madagascar is the only place where lemurs live. Like they've never lived in captivity. Like they've never they they've lived they've lived since the time of dinosaurs. So they're like sixty million years old, and like back in the day, they lived in Africa, and then like on a tree trunk or something floated from. Africa to Madagascar and then the lemurs in Africa died out so like lemurs for like millions of years have just like lived in Madagascar as like the only like real animal presence living there um, and so they've like you know because of evolution like devolved into like lots of different like kinds of lemurs um, but then when like humans came because humans are dicks like 2000 years ago since mm-hmm. then they've burned down 90% of the forests in Madagascar and, like, that's where the lemurs live. So now there's, like, a concerted effort to, like, save the lemurs. So the movie is, like, basically about 
that. But for a movie that, like, you, you know, you, you feel like just me telling you that, that there would be, like, a lot of content and, like, science stuff to go over, but there's just not. I mean, they have, like, one doctor that they talk to, but, like, what she says is very clearly scripted, and it just doesn't feel genuine, I guess. So it just, it it's not the best. Is and there like, a lot of dumping scenes? Because they had that a lot in the trailer. There's a there's an extreme amount of jumping scenes, um, and like the thing that's kind of frustrating, at least for me, was that like they talk a lot about how like there are different there are so many different species and like there's so many different kinds, but they only talk about like two different kinds, and one of them they talk about like is a matriarchal society, which seems really interesting, but they only focus on it for like five minutes, and then something else they talk about is that like they very they kind of gloss over the fact that part of the reason that the humans hate the lemurs is that the lemurs organize like raids of their villages and the lemurs oh. will like come in the middle of the night and like eat all their shit and then like laugh and like go back into the forest or whatever <laughs> and, like and like I thought that would be awesome if they had footage of that but they just they don't they just like mention it in passing and then like keep keep going on with the story so that's pretty like, awesome of the lemurs though <laughs> yeah and that's isn't that like I, I feel like that's a lot of that's the reason of why a lot of different um like monkeys and stuff and lemurs and like those kind of like animals get killed is because they can make plans to like raid villages and like eat crops and shit. And so, you know, like humans retaliate by like burning down the forest. So I just, I just expected there to be more and there wasn't. And for like an IMAX movie that would cost what, like $18. It's just like not, it's not worth it. So. Yeah. $18 for 40 minutes of, of, uh, of movie seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's narrated Lemurs... by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes, Do you want true. your life to be narrated by Morgan Freeman? No, I said even if it is narrated by Morgan Freeman, though my oh, life okay. being narrated by Morgan Freeman, it would be pretty awesome. Mine would be terrible. Yeah. It would be like, he would literally just like talk about how many like packages I get and how much cereal I eat. Like it would not be good. <laughs> it would not be good. Yeah, it would but, be uh, kind of depressing actually. But uh, especially yeah. like when you do something you're not very proud of, and then Morgan Freeman yeah. takes his uh, paternal voice and makes you feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> you, know what, so. you know what? Exactly what happened. It would be like if I'm at the store and I got like more change than expected, and I like pocketed the change instead of like giving it back to the store clerk. That's Lucky when Morgan Freeman is. would like Lucky. really like right that's Chuck what he Rocky really, is such an awful person yes he would really like add his opinion about <laughs> my lack of ethics i would be lecturing oh. you in epic. the narration yeah no i could not i could not handle that but um <laughs> all right let's but, go yeah. epic we got we got about 20 minutes left in the hour i suppose um so game of thrones season four starts tonight we already I, mentioned I just, I can't, I, I feel like I can't even breathe. So do you want to, like, handle a lot of this, and then when I'm, like, calm down, I can, like, jump in? Sure, sure, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so Great. where we last left everybody um, was in the cemetery, pretty much. A lot of everybody is dead. Uh, but as Game of Thrones <laughs> always does... The hey, guys, I'm going to, before you continue on your Game of Thrones, I'm going to bow out. I don't want you to spoil it for me. I haven't started watching the show. Uh, oh, ever, yeah, you better bow out. Ever, ever? ever? Ever, ever. Ever, yeah, get... ever. I know. It's shocking. Every time I talk here. to someone, I get lectured. But it's sad but true. And I will watch it, but I don't want you to spoil anything for me. So I'm tuning out. I dedicate, no. I am uh, impressed by your dedication to no spoilers. In today's world, it is almost impossible yes. to not have Game of Thrones spoiled for you. So uh, we will let you jump <laughs> off, uh, and we will talk to you next week, Meg. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Meg. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye.
right, okay, so, so okay, so let's spoil season, let's spoil everything now. Let's, let's spoil talk. we're spoiling it all. Um, after yeah. last season's red wedding, uh, the Starks are in even more total disarray, uh, with Rob and Catelyn both uh, taking uh, taking a knee, if, if if you will, taking a death. <laughs> They're dead. They nah, killed man, them. They just, just taking a on. taking a dagger in the face. Like, yeah, or in the pregnant belly for uh, if yeah. Rob Stark's wife. Um, so Jon Snow has has broken away from the wildlings that he was with. We last saw him with three arrows in him from Ingret. Um Let's see. Uh, Bran is with Osha and the and the wild, and Hodor and his little brother, and he can talk to animals now. And they're nah, on they their split way. up. They split up. They split up. Yeah, they, oh, they split, split up. up. So Hodor. See, so yeah, Hodor's, Hodor's with. with Hodor is with Bran. Okay, well, I so I just did a Hodor. post on all of this on Friday. So like, if you want, uh, if you want to like read yeah, about do. it I'm and like go to the first Bunch season, so I'm con- I'm confused. Just run it down, Rocky. I, I know you can yeah. do it. Okay, so I guess um I guess we can go like family by family theoretically. So yeah, so like going back to the Starks. So okay, Callan, Rob, dead. Talisa, dead. Talisa's kid, dead. Um, Arya is with the Hound. And she saw what happened at the Red Wedding. So she's been continuously more fucked up. Arya, still married to Tyrion, knows about Rob and Catelyn's death. Also fucked up. Bran is with Hodar and Mira and, um, what's his face? Jojen. And they have gone past the wall. And yes, Bran can, like, talk to animals now. He can also, like, inhibit Hodor's body, like, his, like, mental powers are growing, whereas Rickon and Osha are on the run and, like, going somewhere else. Um, Jon Snow peaced out from the Wildlings, got a few errors from Ygritte, and is going back to the Wall. And that's all the Stark kids, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. that's all. Yeah. yeah, that's all the Starks. So, <clears throat> Starks, after having been, like, our main heroes for the first two seasons, I mean, undeniably, Rob and Catelyn's death is, like, a huge deal, especially after Ned's death. But, like, I think one of the things that was interesting to me about people's reaction to the Red Wedding was everyone was like, who am I going to root for now? Like, all the Starks are dead. All the Starks are not dead. Like, Rob kind of was the most boring Stark. And yeah. George R. R. Martin has <laughs> talked to George R. R. Martin has talked about that. Is that like Rob was never a point of view character. He was only meant to be noble and good and ethical in the same way that his father was, and that's why he had to die. Like he never, you know. Like, <laughs> I think, like I think, like I think the show did a good job making him like likable and sympathetic. But overall, I'm surprised by people that are like Rob Stark's my favorite character. I'm like, okay, that's weird. That's like saying like Corn is your favorite cereal. Like what? Who are you? Like. <laughs> Game of Thrones kind of mirrors that. Like nobody cared about Rob Stark. Nobody, nobody really wanted to see him win. 
in the throne, but as soon as yeah. he dies, oh my god, Rob Stark, I have no reason to watch this show. It's right. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about Game of Thrones. Yeah, people are stupid. Okay, so that's the Starks. Um, and so this thing happens to the dead Starks that I really hope happens in the show, but I don't know if it does. John, you know what I'm talking about, but, you know. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's so that's the Starks. Um, so let's go to the Lannisters, who theoretically the are, like, the enemies of the Starks. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so Lannisters. Real quick, Lannisters. I, I just want to interject. I, I saw this mem uh, right now. It was an article of the 20, 21 Funniest Game of Thrones mem. It's just a picture of Regret in, like, her snow gear. It says, I love playing with snowballs. Nice. <laughs> That's hilarious. Very John funny. Snow. Anyway. So, okay. wait. Isn't it meme? Uh, it I meme? don't know. Okay, anyway. So, yeah. So, okay. So, going to the Lannisters. So, Tyrion still married to Sansa. Um, Joffrey is going to get married to Marjorie. Tywin has forced Cersei to marry Loras, but no one is really happy about that, not only because Loras is gay and still mourning Renly, but because Cersei's like, I don't want to be married anymore. And then Jaime is finally back in King's Landing after having his hand chopped off and, like, his conscience grown back from hanging out with Brienne for basically the better part of a year. So that'll be interesting, and that's one thing I kind of noted in my, like, looking forward to season four, is that, like, out of all the Lannisters, I mean... They're all evil and terrible, but there's always, like, something to root for. And so, like, Jamie becomes, like, the hero of the Lannisters in a way because of his time with Brienne. Yeah. So his, so his idea of, like, justice and, like, what he wants to do in the Kingsguard, in the books at least, is very tangible. And I think we're going to, like, see that in season four. The only thing that's interesting is that they've kind of, like, moved the timeline for when Jamie comes back to King's Landing in the show. So yeah. I don't know. So I don't know how that's going to, like, affect things. But, like, season four will very much be about, like, the Lannister siblings and what they all think they're owed to each other. Like, Jamie, legitimately in his life, has only been with Cersei. He loves her. Like, he thinks that they're supposed to be together. Cersei, we know, like, has been fucking around with their cousin Lancel. Like, she uses sex as power. She doesn't necessarily love Jamie in the same way that Jamie loves her. Jamie has sympathy toward Tyrion and, like, legitimately treats him like a brother. Cersei and Tyrion hate each other. So, like, a lot of those politics will come into play um, this season as the focus kind of shifts from, like, the King in the North trying to, like, fight against the Lannisters to the Lannisters fighting against themselves. So that'll be... That'll be kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing when you think about, like, you know, obviously the books have a great story. Uh, but I think what really sets Martin apart as an author and the show apart as a show is the insane ability to redeem characters that would otherwise yeah. be unredeemable. I mean, Horrible. like, if you go back and Horrible. watch the first season, Jamie Lannister is somebody that he, he bones his sister, pushes little kids out of windows, stabs a guy in the eye for no reason. He's just – he's un unredeemable character but then you start to find out more about why he's the king slayer and mm-hmm. you know what how he really feels and how he really thinks and all of a sudden he becomes the hero of the story almost and like mm-hmm. Tyrion oh, is always I that far. Mm-hmm. oh hero. i love well, he I, got a good he I, got a good woman with him That's no, no, no. I, I, I love jamie lannister like jamie is in like my top three characters like because i think he because i want to see like change and like redemption and like self-awareness in a character and i feel like at yeah. least having read books four and books five like jamie lannister really becomes like has always been aware of himself but starts like using that self-awareness in like very intentional ways so so yeah so i, I would call jamie i don't know if i would call him a hero but i would call him heroic so 
So uh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. I just wouldn't call him the hero. That's the only yeah. thing. He's not the hero. Like, but I don't. I don't, but know I don't the hero. I don't think Game of Thrones has a the hero. No, I don't think it yeah. has one specific person you're supposed to root for because everybody is problematic. I mean, it's very easy. John and I have talked about this. It's very easy to be like Danny. Danny's the hero, but like Danny A is a child in the books at this point. I think she's still only like fifteen. Mm. B. Like the thing about Danny, and like the thing that like Martin has been playing with in the books, at least, and which is kind of interesting, is like the Targaryen taint. Like the Targaryens, because they've been like incestuous for fucking years, largely turn out crazy. Like her father, Aerys, crazy. That's why Jaime killed him. That's why Jaime became the Kingslayer because Aerys Targaryen was fucking out of control. Rhaegar, not crazy, but gets killed. Viserys pretty crazy. So so one of the things that the book plays with is like is Danny going insane because like the choices that she makes in books 4 and books 5 and even like the latter part of book 3, I mean they're almost very self-involved. Like to think that you as a 15-year-old could save like entire cities of slaves and completely restructure their economy and like and and government is like absurd, you know? But like right. she thinks pop Sounds shit like a teenager though. It does sound like a teenager, and I and I really like Danny, but I'm just saying like she's just as problematic as like anybody else. So okay, so Starks, Lannisters, we covered Danny. Danny's still in the slave cities, trying to like free people, having her badass dragons. Um, who else do we want to go over? New characters? Do you want to maybe handle that, John? I mean, I think we have to go over at least Oberon Martell, um, the yeah, Red Viper. About, do you want to talk about the Martells and talk about Dorne? Do you want to do that? Talk about yeah. my people. Yeah. Your people. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now that you say your people, now I, I feel like I'm not going to give them uh, their proper due. But basically, it's fine. I will absolutely correct you with everything you get wrong. So it's cool. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Oberon Martell is also known as the Red Viper of Dorne. He's uh, he comes to town in in during the Purple Wedding. Um, yeah, he gets invited which, to the Purple Wedding. Yeah, he gets invited it's to the Purple called Wedding. The purple and, Wedding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the red. So the red wedding is the. Uh, you know, it's the uh, Rob and Rob and Catelyn. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Purple wedding yeah. is the Tyrell Lannister wedding. It's the next. Yeah. Like, like, like Prince the Revolution. Okay. Yes, but you'll understand why it's called purple after this season. I mean, there's a very specific reason why it's called purple. But right. um, but yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah. So Ober Martell is 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 got to be the new. I, there's one thing Game of Thrones is very what good at, and we've learned this uh, after every season pretty much when we lose a character and we think, oh, there's no reason to watch the show anymore. I, inevitably, the next season presents to you another character, uh, either in the form of a totally new character or a character that becomes immediately more interesting uh, that you can root for, and then it usually kills them off at the end. But right. this time around, it's a totally new character, uh, the Red Viper of Dorne. He is. I mean, if you see the trailers, he's immediately interesting looking because he, he does look different than everybody else. Uh, you know, he's got more of a, you know, Spanish, Middle Eastern type look to sultry, him. A sultry Latin flair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate when people use their, the word spicy because to me that's like a thinly veiled racist remark uh, calling yeah. somebody uh, Latin. So, but uh, yeah, he's spicy. And uh, yeah. he's, a, he's known as this amazing fighter. He's got an axe to grind or a sword to sharpen, I should say, uh, with... Some people in in uh, in King's Landing, one in particular, uh, I'm trying not to step on any spoilers here, uh, but he will be the fan favorite well, I, and the most interesting person. Right. Well, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a spoiler, but I think and I think we've talked about this in the show before, but just to like remind people of the context is like okay, 
the reason that Robert Baratheon was king and was because he like wrestled the crown the crown from the Targaryens. So like right. that's Robert's rebellion. That's when Rhaegar Targaryen, Danny's older brother, died. Yep. And when Ned Stark's sister, Lyanna Stark, died. So that's the shit that happened. Rhaegar was married to Elia Martell. Mm. So that's like an Elia Martell was the Red Viper's sister. So during Robert's revolution, um, the Lannisters and and Tywin Lannister, I think, was hand of the king for Aerys Targaryen. The Lannisters like turn on the Targaryens and like throw their power in with Robert mm-hmm. Baratheon. So when Jamie so Jamie kills Aerys like independently of that. But like that's how the Lannisters and the Baratheons like joined forces and that's why Cersei Lannister gets married to Robert Baratheon. So like so that's all that like context. So Elia Martell during Robert's Rebellion, Tywin Lannister orders the hound's older brother, the mountain, to kill Elia Martell and kill her children because they can't stay alive if Robert is gonna have the crown and if Robert and Cersei's children are gonna be heirs to the throne. So the mountain rapes and kills Elia Martell and kills both of her children, um, like a baby and like a toddler. So that's so that's the beef that that Dorne and Martell have with the Lannisters and like and why they're coming to King's Landing is that there was never justice for Elia Martell. Like Elia Martell, who was married to Rhaegar Targaryen, like they didn't do anything. It's just that Robert's rebellion needed to murder everyone to be able to right. fully take control. So that's which we so see even in season one, where they find out that the Targaryen twins are still are the kids are still alive, and you know the right. first place that Ned and Robert. But heads is to kill right. Danny, basically. So right, it's yeah. to kill Viserys and kill Danny. Exactly. Good, good callback. So yeah, so that, so that's, so that's the beef. And so we haven't seen much of Dorne or or House Martell at all. But like this season is when you get introduced like to the Red Viper and you get introduced to his paramour or like his baby mama of four of his seven daughters, um, Ilaria Sand. And so Alaria uh-huh. and Oberyn are interesting because they are so they're so different from King's Landing, both in how Dorne treats women, because Dorne is almost like a matriarchal society. Like in Dorne, there's far more power given to women. There's far more power given to bastards. There's just it's a skew. It's like a different kind of gender dynamic. So that will be interesting because like, and I read this interview with Pedro Pascal, who plays Oberyn in Rolling Stone, where he called Martell, he called Dorne and the Martells like the punk rock part of Westeros. And like, it's kind of true that they don't, they're not similar at all to anything else in the Seven Kingdoms. So it'll be interesting because I think in the season, you'll see how they confront and challenge what we understand about like how King's Landing has been run so far. So, like, he'll be a fan favorite because he's a badass. And I also think it'll be interesting for people to see, like, a very different view of, like, well, who, like, who could be king? Like, who could rule? The last thing to remember is that Tyrion, I think, in season two, I don't remember if it's season two or season three, he sends Marcella, Cersei's daughter and her middle child, to Dorne. To Dorne, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, season two. That's right before Blackwater Bay. 
Right. So she's like betrothed to one of the heirs of Dorne. And what's interesting about that is that in Dorne, the crown can pass to a daughter. So Marcella could be queen of Dorne and theoretically could be queen of all of Westeros because that's how Dorne does things. It doesn't go through the boy. It can go through the girl, too. So, yeah, so, so Dorne's child. Okay. Yeah, so Dorne, so Dorne has been kind of talked about these past three seasons. We've heard it mentioned in passing, but this is our first, like, prolonged exposure. And I'm really excited because it is, like, it's like a Middle Eastern, Moorish, Spanish. It's like a, it, it's a, it's a thinly veiled, I think, kind of adaptation of the Middle East and of Moorish Spain. So, I, I'm so, excited. So, it's like, it's basically like the Mediterranean area. Of, yes, it's like the, the Mediterranean world. coming to, like, the U.K., yeah, yeah, it's like it's exactly like that. So so yeah, so it's like North Africa, the Mediterranean, the Middle East, yeah. like Moorish Spain. Yeah, it's like all those places. So I so I'm I'm excited, especially because the only people of color we've really seen in Game of Thrones to this point are Salador Selene, um, or or San, who is like the pirate that is Davos's friend, and then like I yeah. think Zoro, who is in Karth. And yeah. then, like, all the slaves that Danny frees. All the slaves. Yeah, <laughs> like, all, the, all the slaves that need to be slaved by the, the magical, yeah. uh, the magical uh, snow-haired uh, white girl. By the magical white girl, yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so I'm excited to see, like, I'm excited to see some characters that are, like, ca- like characters. Do you know? Like, you know, like, they yeah. have, like, personalities and identities. And, like, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And so for me, like, the Red Viper and Alara Sand are like two of my favorite characters, like overall. So I'm I'm pumped. But yeah, I feel yeah. like right, John. Like, is there anything else that we really need to talk about? I mean, people who are going to watch it are going to watch it anyway, and you should. Yeah, it's just so. uh, the only thing I'd say. I mean, it's going to be really hard to talk about anything at this point. Is and I didn't realize this until we started talking about it. But as excited as I am, and as much as I want to talk about it, we have to remember that we know more than than most people watching, and they don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'll just say the. You won't have to wait till episode nine uh, for the the shit to go down, as it were. Yeah. Um, episode two is going to change the landscape of Westeros forever. So, yeah. don't wait. Do not. Do not. Do not uh, DVR it and watch it the next day. If you are at all interested in the show and you want to keep the surprises coming, make sure you stay up and watch it. Make it a point for television because it will be ruined for you the next day, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and I think the thing is too is that like you know this is the season three and four were divided up from the third book, so it's yeah. not like it's not like season four has like breathing room. Like season four is still in like the thick of shit. So like you might as well just keep watching like week to week at the correct time. <laughs> Right, because like because it's just going to be nonstop. So so yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely not something you want to miss, and it will get spoiled for you. And and let's just say uh, the the payoff, a lot of the payoffs you've been waiting for since the series started even are coming. Um, and everything is going to be different at the end of the season, so this won't be different. And, and like you said, it, it's a break breaking up of the books. Last season was pretty much just the half, the first half of one book. So this yeah. season is like a season long. Um, a, a series of climaxes. Um, yeah. And with Game of Thrones, you can take that both ways. <laughs> nice. Uh, well done. Yeah. There you well go. Done. So, yeah. um, I think I think that about covers everything. You guys, anything else you guys want to cover? I don't think so. Julian, was there anything else? Was there any news that came out this week? There is quite a bit um, of news that came out this week. 
I did not write any of it down to talk about, though. I figured we'd go to the end. Um, of okay. this. I mean, there, there's some great looks. I mean, to stick with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, there were some great looks at Age of Ultron, which is now filming. Uh, basically, the mid credit scene, which we didn't even talk about before, which featured uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, uh, played by yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson, a.k.a. Kick-Ass, and Elizabeth Olsen, uh, a.k.a. the hotter of the Olsen siblings. Uh, and, and so we, we get a, a peek at them, and we've seen them in... Uh, in, Baron, in Baron Structor, right? Yep. Yeah, you Baron do. In there as well. With, with, um, with, with uh, Loki's thingamabobber. Yes, with yeah, Loki's yeah. scepter. Yeah. yeah I, I think thingamabobber is actually the, the, uh, the technical Is it the term. correct terminology? My bad. My bad. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Infinity so Gauntlet is a uh, But... Uh, we also got looks just recently at Cap's new uniform, uh, which thank God, you know, the one thing I I didn't like about the Avengers was Cap's uniform. It just it made him look skinny and it made him look ridiculous. Uh, you know, Captain America two came back with some really badass costumes and especially yeah. bringing back the World War two costume, and it looks like uh, in the Age of Ultron his his uniform will be inspired by that World War two outfit. Um, but some great looks at Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch uh, came out. Uh, a quick shot of Ultron came out. Um, th- this one, I don't know how to take this one, uh, but I'm really interested because I'll be talking to Sean Astin in a couple weeks uh, at AwesomeCon when that comes up. Mm-hmm. So we just got where Richard Donner says that a Goonies sequel is in the works and that the original great. cast is set to return. Uh, I mean, obviously... Uh, Corey Feldman and Data and Chunk uh, don't really have much else going on, but Josh Brolin, I don't see him coming back for a sequel. Uh, right. I do. Hey man, yeah, old, man. Boy, old, old, say that. old boy, <laughs> old boy flopped pretty hard. He might need a paycheck. That's true. You know? That's true. There's some uh, some great trailers for Godzilla that have come out. Uh, how are we feeling about Godzilla here? Uh, amazing? Like I don't was that like we we're not gonna think it's amazing? Come on, John. I, it, it, it might not be. I have hopes. I know he fights a monster. I've seen said monster. It's going to be. It has the possibility of being a Godzilla movie. Um, <laughs> I have serious hopes because I think that the cast is really good. It seems like the writing's pretty solid. I really liked Monsters, which is the previous movie this director did, and the trailers have been really good. And I know it's really bad to judge a movie on a trailer because we saw how good the Man of Steel trailers were and how bad the movies were, at least for me and Julian's point of view. But I do think this could be solid. So I have I have high hopes. I just love that nobody's ever, of all the incarnations of Godzilla, people respect what they got right the first time, and that's the Godzilla roar. And that's always yeah. been brought back, and I love that. Uh, yeah. As if we didn't have enough reason to be dreading the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, it's been announced that Johnny Knoxville will be voicing Splint- Leonardo, I mean. Leonardo. Uh, to- to- Tony Shalhoub will be voicing Splinter, which uh, that one I'm I fine think- with. Oh, I actually think that's worse, because it continues to deviate from the fact that these are supposed to be Japanese. But whatever, whatever. Well, yeah, Splinter's a rat, so I'm okay. Like I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, I guess. The rat yeah. right now, that movie, that movie, like straight up, Travis can call me and say, "Hey, the Supreme, this movie cannot be good." No. Fuck it. No. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it has much of a chance of, of being groundbreaking. It might be watchable, but we'll, we'll see. No, I just think this you know, Johnny Knoxville's got a good voice. There's no doubt in that. You know. D- d- you know, besides everything that he's done jackass-wise and, and, and all that, he's actually got a good voice for voiceover. I just – I think it's weird that he's cast as the uh, the leader, leader intelligent uh, – well, I guess Don Tell is the intelligent one, but, you know, Leonardo is supposed to be the leader, and it doesn't – seems like he'd been better off voicing, like, Raphael or Michelangelo, so that seems a little weird. Yeah. Um, 
and I think really that's there's I mean there's a couple other things out there, nothing really big. Uh that's pretty much the, the crux of it all. Oh, I do have one thing. Hmm. What's that? At Awesome Con next weekend, I'll be at a panel where it'll be a panel about superhero movies and I'll be the G L P response. I'm the I'm the bad guy. What? I'm gonna be the guy that doesn't like stuff. How did you not mention this before? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought about okay. this next well, week. Well, let's just reiterate that for everybody out back, uh, everybody out there listening, not back home. Um, next week at Awesome Con, which I know everybody in the DC area is planning on going to. It's it, the, the last year was very underwhelming. Uh, they had a very small room for all their displays. It was really hard to walk around, and it just wasn't a good. I mean, they, they, the biggest guest they had was Ernie Hudson, which is cool, but you know, it wasn't anything huge this year. It actually seems like it's going to be doing some big things. Uh, just announced, uh, I can't say her name, Michonne uh, from The Walking Dead is going to be there. Carrie Elways, Billy Piper, Sean Astin, uh, Ron Glass, Kevin Sorbo, uh, Rocky's all-time favorite actor, Kevin Sorbo. Uh-huh, uh, Nicholas right, Brenton. Yep. Jay August Richards, who plays um, Deathlock and Shield. Isn't Carrie yeah. Elways going to be there? He's like a huge yeah, reveal to all these people. And yeah, Andrew W.K.? Andrew WK, come on. Is, is, is he a huge deal? Is he really? Andrew WK, yeah, he's still. I think people still find him amusing. Yeah, amusing. Yeah, I, I think. I think the biggest deal of the whole thing is that David Yost and Walter Jones, the blue and black Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers, are going to be there as well. That's right. That's, That's right. Cool. But I think the right. most important thing to take away from this is that our own Julian will be on a panel and and just being throwing the haterade all around when it comes to comic book movies. So you guys definitely want to check and that out. When and where? Next Sunday. I don't know where. If I know it's on Sunday, so I won't be on the show next week. My bad. Okay. Thank thank you for bearing the lead. Thank you for that. (laughs) Do you you know what time it is or what what the panel's called so people can look for it? No, man. I'll I'll do a post on the site when I when I get that information. Okay. Okay. So keep your eyes out for that. That'll be here soon, and that's actually two weeks from now, isn't it? Yeah, the eighteenth. Yeah, Yeah. two weeks. Eighteenth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so check so that out. I won't be on that Sunday. Yeah, and uh, make sure Great. to check Thank out myfriendscom every single day for all your news and trailers and reviews and all that good stuff. Uh, until next week, we are the Punch Drunk Critics, and I say we're pretty much out of here. Yep, 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 yep. Later. Later. We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. I'm not great at farewell, so. Uh... That'll do, pig. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.